So this morning, we are continuing our series on The World is My Parish. And this series is intended in somewhat considering that where we are in the pandemic, that we're unable to gather together. But the thing is, is that this is something that is true for us always as Christians, that we are called to embody Christ in the world. I say it over and over again, but I truly believe this, that the most audacious thing I think that God does in the history of humanity and of all of creation is to entrust us, us, to be God's presence in the world. I mean, that's what it's about. We're supposed to be the body of Christ in the world, and Christ is God's self revealed to us, right? That, that's what God's self-revelation. And yet somehow, someway, God entrusts us, frail, weak, broken, can't even get along around a Thanksgiving table, let alone in society, to be God's presence in the world. And honestly, it makes no sense to me because I know myself and I know the world around us, and I just sometimes don't see God there, right? but God somehow continues to trust us to do that. The thing is, though, it's not just about gathering to a place one day a week to worship that makes us that embodiment. It's about what we do in our everyday lives. What you do in your everyday life embodies Christ in the world. And a few weeks ago, our our last series was talking about faith catalysts, to be sort of that person that people see a rock-solid faith in. And the, the last week in that series, we talked about personal ministry. So those people that are just, you know, firm in their faith, that you go to to seek counsel, that no matter what's happening in their life, they still proclaim, even with this like deep sense of awareness of the pain in the world, that God is good. And yet they still seem like they're hopeful amidst all of this. And they have personal ministries. They're doing something in their life to serve God. Not just, not this. maybe it's in, in a church service or maybe it's, a, you know, leading dance ministry, whatever that is, but it's also out, out, whether it's a small group or a prayer group or whatever that is, like serving the homeless in the community, they're serving in ministry. And so we share in that call as disciples, that we are called to go out and to serve. And last week, we talked about how you can't do that if you don't know your community. And we asked the question, who are our neighbors? And I gave you a challenge to look differently at the people around you, take a different path, and perhaps you might encounter people different than the normal trajectory we find ourselves on. Because unless we are willing to learn about our neighbors, we can not serve our neighbors. And this morning, I want to talk about something else that's critical to any ministry that we lead outside of the walls of this place or inside of the walls of this place. It's relationships. So don't, uh, if you don't hear anything else, I hope you hear this. To be the church is about relationships, period. It's not about programs, saying the right thing, having the right interpretation. Being the church is about relationships. That God came in Christ to be not just a teacher of mankind and, and, you know, humankind, but to be in relationship with us. God came as a person that called the disciples into a friendship and then called them to go out and to build impactful relationships. 
And if you follow the story of the early church, especially throughout Acts, we would be nowhere. I mean, they did not know what they were doing whatsoever. And if it wasn't for pivotal relationships in the lives of the disciples and the apostles and people like Paul, we would not be here worshiping this Christian God together. Paul developed relationships that led to more relationships. He was, the be- he was a great church planter only because he was good at leveraging those relationships. And so I want to tell you something I learned a, a number of years ago through a kind of church consulting course, and I think it applies to each one of us, not just for church formation and leadership, but in our everyday lives. And I think it can be taken from the gospel reading this morning. And that is a term that I like to call people of peace. That your ability to lead others and to embody Jesus in the world hinges on relationships, but it's not just relationships. It's these unique relationships that I like to call with people of peace. That people of peace. And what do I mean by that is quite simply this. Some of us have had these relationships where no matter what is going on in the lives of them, we get a phone call right? Whether it's uh, they just got engaged, they just got pregnant, whether it's they just got fired from their job, and we find ourselves on one side of the phone listening and consoling and listening and consoling, right? I I know I've had a couple of friends throughout my journey, and I I tend to be someone that tries to keep calling people. I'm just like, that's part of my mentality. I don't go out and make like 50 new friends at a party. I just have the few friends. And Ashley, my wife, would listen to some of the calls with a couple of my friends. And after the calls, on a regular basis that she would kind of overhear, she starts asking me a question. She would go, Brian, what are you getting out of this conversation? Sounds like they're talking about them a whole lot. And that was a really kind of gut check moment with these friendships and relationships. I'm just loyal to a fault sometimes, and I don't ask that question, yeah, what am I getting out of this? And I'm not trying to say we need to be selfish and friendship. That's not what I'm trying to say. But what she was noticing is that a relationship, a powerful, meaningful one, has a sense of, you know, reciprocal nature to it, right? That it's not just about me listening to them, but about them listening to me and supporting me through my journey. And, and I say this is because relationships can be a relationship, but that doesn't always mean they're good relationships. Relationships can be a relationship. It doesn't always mean it's a good relationship or it's going to allow you to be impactful in helping others see the love of God in you. And Jesus knew this. He knew this, and he sent out his disciples, and then he sent out the 70, and he sent them out, and he said to them, go out. Take nothing with you. Go out and go to the homes and knock on the door and say, peace be with you. And you would know if it was the place for you to reside if they would accept your peace and give it back. But what did he mean by that? I think it is important. A person of peace is someone who it doesn't just like you. That's important but that they also listen to you and they serve you. Because that's what Jesus said about the people that would welcome the 70 in. They would welcome the 70 in, like them enough to invite them into their home, but they would listen to the teaching that the 70 had. Because, you know, we've all had that friend who we love to death, and they might serve us, they might be, you know, faithful and loyal, but they take zero advice 
from you ever. And they either like one-up you and tell you like the article that they read, right? That's like trumps whatever you said. It's like, oh, I read this about COVID. Oh yeah, I read this research about COVID and that's totally wrong or whatever it is. They just will not listen to you ever. Uh, I have had in years past uh, a trustee member uh, that was just gung-ho and ready to do it and we would work as a team and we would get our, our decisions made about what we would do in the church facility and then I swear that person would forget the entire conversation of the entire board and then all of a sudden like something happened in the building and we're like, wait, where did this come from? And it was because that person just like took what they brought from the conversation and just happened to do it. And then, you know, us as the pastoral staff of the church, we're putting out fires and doing different things like that because that person just didn't listen, right? Just didn't listen. And we all know those sorts of people in our lives. They like you and welcome you in, but they're willing to listen to you. And then I think another one is that they are willing to serve you. I find myself being someone who is a Martha. If you ever heard the story from the Gospels where it's like Mary and Martha, Jesus shows up to this uh, house and he wants to teach and be present. I find myself being the person that's like running around in the kitchen, making sure everyone has something to drink, the food is good, cleaning up. And you know, my wife, Ashley, she's the bubbly, like friend, will become your best friend in like five minutes. And so she's definitely Mary over there, meeting with people and doing that, but I just give. I'll just like give and serve because it's just part of the way I do it. If I'm doing vacation Bible school, you'll be seeing me running around, do this and that, just trying to give back. But I think that one of the faults of some of us that do that is we aren't aware to the idea, are the people we are serving willing to also serve us? And for some of us who are either people pleasers or who are the givers in our lives, this might be really hard for you to think about you in the story. To think about like the people that like you, listen to you, and serve you. But Jesus says to the 70 that go out, that peace resides in you when they welcome you in, when they hear what you, you have to say, and what does he say? A laborer deserves wages. They're also willing to serve that person, to, to feed the disciples. And that was one of the pivotal ways in which Jesus sent them out, is to find these people of peace. Now, I promise you, if you want to impact the community by leading others, if you do not find people of peace, I doubt you'll be very impactful. I know that my greatest sort of times in ministry where I feel like I'm really, like we're really doing something together, it's with people of peace. With people of peace. I think specifically of my small group in college, that we were a, a group that was together for uh, all four years, um, and I think about the relationship that we had to one another. We, we got together and we, sure, we studied the Bible together, but we, more importantly, listened to each other's life story. We spent an entire semester, and there was only five of us, an entire semester just going over our life stories together when we would meet for an hour and a half every week. We would just tell our stories in depth and in breadth, and they got to know me. But it wasn't just there that I experienced God's love and we were able to do that. It's that we were willing to listen to each other 
and to listen to our mentor that was teaching us about the Bible, about wisdom. I mean, we were studying the Bible. We could have easily just said, hey, you don't know what you're talking about, but we're willing to listen. And then we were serving each other in that context, and we were serving the community. Now, I want to ask you, who are the people of peace in your life, and how do you lean into them? And if you don't have these people in your life that you feel like you can really connect to, you can really bond with, you need to go out and find those people. Because being the church is all about what? Relationships. And it's all about relationships with these pivotal people, people of peace. And I hope that we can be that with each other in Christian community. That we can love on each other, but listen to each other. Because we have different stories and different perspectives, and we come from all over the nation here at our church. And in Hawaii, we have all sorts of stories and communities around us. We're such a diverse community, but we must be willing to listen to each other so that we might continue to lead the good news of God in the world. I really hope that that's our takeaway as a community. We, as United Methodists say, we make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. That's our mission statement. But it's not just Methodists, you know, any denomination has it, right? To be fisher of men and women, or to go out and feed the 5,000, or to love God and serve the world. Or as Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. This is our call to do it. And we do it through these relationships. And the thing is, though, is we don't have a lot of people in the sanctuary right now, and some of you are at home right now. The thing is, is that I find on a Sunday morning gathering with more than 30 people, really difficult to find a person of peace. Because, you know, all you do is you have that small talk, right? Hey, how are you? How long have you been on an island? Or how's your job going? And you just kind of get to this surface level. And this is something I hope that as the numbers come down, we can implement in a strategic way in our ministry, our programs, but we can do it in our own lives right now. We have a, a mandate to be less than 10 people in our gatherings when they're inside and then less than 25 when they're outside. That means that you can gather with people and be the church in powerful ways right now. You don't need us to organize it for Sunday morning. We want to support you in supporting the community and being the church beyond our walls. And we do that in these relationships. So I want you to think about who is one person of peace in my life and how do I lean into that person this week? How do I get coffee with them, have a conversation outside, whatever your comfortability level is, just to get together with that person. That doesn't have to be a church member. It can be anyone in the community. Just re like kind of lean into that. And eventually, you will begin to start to, to feel like as you press into that relationship more at home in yourself. But I also want this, to leverage those relationships to do something else. Think of something with that person 
that can serve your community together. That could be you all want to host a a, a get-together at the beach that's safe. That could be you want to serve at the uh, IHS or serve the IHS or gather uh, supplies together. It can be whatever it is, but I want you to think about what am I called to do and who can I invite to do it with me? And it will be a person of peace. Who, how can I serve God? What am I called to do outside these walls? And who am I going to invite to do it with me? It's a simple question, but I think it's a real one that God calls us to. And there's not much more to it. We embody Christ in the world through relationships. And we get the life we need in those very same relationships as well. And the thing is, is that God makes a huge risk by entrusting to us to embody God's love. But I myself am not enough. But we as community can be. We as a community can be the breadth and diversity of God's image in the world. But it's when, like I say before, we all have a seat at the table, a voice at the table. We can all be seen at the table. When we're in these relationships with others where they like, they listen, and they serve us. Who are those people in your life? How do you be that person in theirs? And how do you use those relationships to serve the community around us? Because the world is your parish. You're called as a Christian to go out and serve the world. That's our primary calling in faith. Who are you going to do it with? Because it's all about relationships. We need each other. And the more that we recognize that we need each other, the more powerful we become in embodying God's love in the world. I invite you to pray with me. Holy and gracious God, we thank you that somehow you entrust in us the ability to reveal yourself. And yet it's in these relationships, these unique relationships, where your kingdom takes root and grows and thrives. We pray that we might be a people that invite others into our lives, that listen and serve, and that we might find those to do the same. And that together we might dream and pray about how we can serve you in our community. Help us be people that lead out your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And draw to mind and to the forefront these relationships. Help us foster new ones to people where we say, my peace be upon you and the peace returns back. Because we know that we live in a world where so many are are lonely, so many are struggling, so many are looking for questions uh, amidst all the trauma we've experienced over the past year and a half. Empower us, each of us, to be your love in the context of these meaningful relationships with one another. 
because we need each other. And it's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.